you for joining us. You're listening to Tank Talk with Integrity Environmental, where we speak with founder, principal consultant, and bulk fuel storage expert Shannon Olkers about regulations, safety, and useful tips for smooth sailing through the bulk fuel storage industry. Come learn the unique joys of work and life in Alaska with industry experts, including our team, vendors we work with, and companies we support. Welcome back, Shannon. We're glad to have you here today. Hey, nice to see you again, Amanda. (laughs) So I was noticing on the SPCC's list that they include a lot of portable containers and not just tanks. Why is that? Yeah, yeah. So the SPCC regulations, which are 40 CFR 112, they require eligible facilities (laughs) to list every container that is larger than 55 gallons, inclusive of 55 gallons and up, um, that holds petroleum, oil, or lubricants. There are a few exceptions. For the most part, if you've got a 55-gallon drum or a 275-gallon isotope or a 6,600-gallon intermodal UN-listed gigantic insulated travel tote, (laughs) you need to put it on your SPCC if they're going to be stored for any length of time at your facility. And what what is a portable container? Portable containers are different than tanks in that they are meant to be moved around. So they're primarily to meet shipping requirements. So they're designed and built to have very durable structures for shipping going back and forth. They also meet requirements under the DOT regulations for safety, tightness, durability. And and so they differ from a tank because tanks are meant for long-term stationary storage for the most part. There are portable tanks, and those are the kind that you would see that are like fuel trucks. Sometimes there's portable tanks inside aircraft. Generally, those are regulated under other things. Um, But the SPCC brings stationary tanks and portable containers together Because many facilities that store tanks also store quantities of fuel in slightly larger containers at the same place. So they all have to go in there and they all count towards the total for the facility. So an SPCC kicks into, you know, it becomes effective as soon as you cross 1,320 gallons of storage. Incidentally, that is 24 or 55 gallon drums. That's where the 1,320 gallon number comes from. A lot of people ask us that, like, where does that number come from? No tank is 1,320 gallons in size. And I said, yes, that's because it's meant to include 24 barrels, drums. (laughs) So portable containers are a little bit different. They're not necessarily meant to store fuel long time in a stationary area, although many of them are used that way. And they're supposed to be used for shipping back and forth. But in rural Alaska, we see a lot of getting them getting shipped to a place and then they're they're waiting to be used. I think where the line begins and ends um, between is be- the line between shipping and dispensing. So shipping and storing fuel, you've got a 55 gallon drum. It's full of lube oil or something like that. You've got it sitting in your warehouse That's still part of the shipping container life that you would want for that container. Um, But when you have that same 55-gallon drum and you're routinely uh, filling it and emptying it and using it as part of your dispensing or containing systems, like collecting used oil, or you're dispensing uh, lube oil from it as part of your 
work area, that typically falls under the Steel Tank Institute section of things where you need to have inspections performed affects how it's uh, how it's inspected under the Steel Tank Institute. And some tanks shouldn't be used for dispensing at all unless they are rated for that. You can tell if they're constructed or intended to be used for both shipping and dispensing if they have something called a dual plate. So if you do have a dual plated container, you look inside and there's both the UL listed plate and the DOT plate, you're good to go. But if you don't, then under the STI regulations, you're going to need to inspect that tank infrequently. And just for funsies, I looked the numbers up. A lot of these containers are just too old to continue being used when we get to these numbers. Um, but a plastic portable container, like your standard 275 to 330 isotope, those have to be inspected every seven years under the IBC portion of the STI. And then steel portable containers, like your average drum, for example, or sometimes you have funky little portable steel tanks. That's every 12 years. And sometimes we see stainless steel portable containers. We see a lot of those for like aviation fuel or for for holding aviation fuel slops from all the different inspections they have to do. Those stainless steel portable containers have to be inspected every 17 years. So not arduous, but if you've got a portable container like that, I do like to let people know that there are inspection requirements and most people for things like drums, just replace them rather than inspect them. But for some like those stainless steel tanks, they can still be good. They just have to be inspected. I think the biggest example of this I've seen is um, sometimes electrical utilities in really remote locations. They'll receive lube oil in these really big 6,600 gallon tanks. They have to get it by barge. They have to get the whole year all at once. And what they do is they bring the container in and they set it in an area and they dispense from it directly to the generators. And then at the end of the year, when the barge comes to drop off some full ones, they send the empty ones back to get refilled. And so those are the ones we try really hard to make sure our clients have that dual plating on so that they are compliant with all of the different regulations. There's also requirements under the SPCC for these containers if they're inside or outside of secondary containment that are different. So you'll see different requirements based on whether or not they have secondary containment as well. So they're kind of this funky little thing that you see at all these facilities and people really tend to focus on the tanks, but these portable containers can make up quite a bit of the storage capacity at a facility, especially if you've got a large warehouse. We often see people storing like entire years of construction, petroleum oil and lubricant supplies <laughs> all in their warehouse. And so like most of the year they might have 25 or 30, 55 gallon drums, and but they've got this big construction project going through and there's 150 drums sitting there right there, or they've got a helicopter coming in for the season and they've got fuel for that helicopter stored. And so we, I do like to tell people to make sure to update your SPCCs to include these seasonal variations because if, for example, the EPA showed up and if you, your SPCC says that you have 20 and you really have 150, that's going to be a violation. <laughs> and it's funny about the SPCC, you can always have less, but you can never have more. So if you say in, the, if you say in your SPCC that you have 120, and they show up and you have 80, that's fine because you're prepared for the larger volume. But if you say you have 120 and you have 150, then you get an NOV. So that's sort of an odd and random piece of 
the SPCC regulations that we run into quite a bit. It's always better to be overprepared than underprepared. Yeah. You had mentioned an IBC. What is that? Oh, it's an intermediate bulk container. It's just a, it's a type of portable container that's different than a metal and plastic drum. Oh, okay. Um, common IBCs are your isototes. That's what they get called a lot, isototes. So if people are interested in additional information surrounding portable containers, having them on site or working with them, where would we send them to find that information? Mm. Well, you can go to some different manufacturer sites. You can actually go to the Steel Tank Institute. They have some information about portable containers. And I think... In fact, the STI actually has an inspection sheet for portable containers that you are supposed to be doing um, in between the formal inspections that occur every 7 to 17 years. And they're pretty good for use as a general checklist. They cover the basics. Is it leaking? Is it damaged? Is it you know level? Is it within or without secondary containment? Is it full or empty? <laughs> It just sort of acts as a good general inspection guidance. And what a lot of people use this for is when they're storing products in these containers for a longer amount of time, like you're getting your whole year's worth all at once. They'll use this to go through the warehouse and make sure nothing's leaking. It's not like container A gets one form. It's all 55 gallon drums in a warehouse visually inspected and they note any issues. Got it. So managers could inspect on their own. We don't need a certified inspector for portable containers? No, the only time you would need a formal inspection is if you were going to exceed those dates that I talked about earlier, or if you're going to keep a drum in service longer than seven years or an isotope longer than 12, or you had that stainless steel abgas. If you were going to keep that longer than 17 years, which is totally doable, those totes are almost indestructible. Um, you would have to have an external inspection at that time. But in the meantime, for 17 years, you should have somebody looking at it periodically and making sure it's still suitable for service and doesn't need repairs <laughs> or doesn't need any help or maintenance. All right. Well, thank you so much for covering portable containers with us today and talking about the difference between shipping and dispensing with them. I appreciate you asking about it because it's something I didn't understand very well when I first started doing this. And it's only as we've gotten further down the road and we've definitely you know, gone through multiple reviews with the EPA that we've started to see the importance of these portable containers and how they really, for many facilities, they have more product in their portable containers than they do in their tanks. Um, and so it is important to understand what you're doing with them and what the rules and requirements are around them, uh, especially if you're one of those facilities where it's, it's a bigger focus for you. And I look forward to our next chat. Yeah. Can't wait for next time. Thanks, Amanda. Hi there, this is Shannon Olkers, and as the owner of Integrity Environmental, I wanted to take a minute here at the end of the podcast to make sure that you knew the following. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered legal or regulatory advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. This podcast is not intended to replace professional regulatory or legal advice. And the views expressed in this podcast may not be those of the host, that would be me, or Integrity Environmental. Thank you very much for listening. And if you do need professional regulatory advice, we'd be happy to help you uh, as part of our consulting services.